Gail Trotter, a conservative voice for you, right inside our nation's capital. Legal and political analysis. Gail Trotter, hear the truth from right inside D.C. It's Gail Trotter, stomping through the swamp for you in heels. Now, The Gail Trotter Show. Hi, I'm Gail Trotter, host of Right in D.C. We saw some amazing developments last week in how justice works in the District of Columbia in Washington, D.C. And there were two stories that really shone a spotlight on how there are two systems of justice in the country. There's one for regular people like you and me, and there's another system of justice for the elites in Washington, D.C. You might be asking which two stories am I talking about? First, there was the absurd, outrageous sentencing recommendation for Roger Stone that we covered in a previous episode of Right in DC that was seven to nine years for trivial uh, matters dealing with the ridiculous investigation of Roger Stone that was politically motivated in the first place. And then soon after that news broke, we saw news that former deputy director of the FBI, Andy McCabe would not be charged for lying to investigators, even though some of those lies were uh, given under oath. And I want to cover that today because I heard from a lot of you this week that you are sad, you're depressed, you feel like there's no ability to overcome the system of inequities in our nation's capital. And yet I want to tell you why this is a good thing. This is a good thing because it reveals what is going on. And so, so many times these things happen and we don't even know that they're going on. We saw this with the NSA, that there was spying on American citizens and there was lying by those people in the Obama administration at the top of the power structure. They lied to Congress. They misled the American people. And it would have not broken through if we hadn't had the whistleblower Edward Snowden, who's problematic in his own way. But I think it just illustrates that so much stuff goes on in Washington, D.C. that the American people don't support. And if they knew about it, they would take action to make sure that it doesn't happen. So that's the positive side of these two stories breaking last week, is that it gives us insight into what is actually happening in Washington, D.C. Think of Andy McCabe. He was at the very top of the hierarchy at the Federal Bureau of Investigation. A deputy director is about as high as you can get without being at the very, very top position of the FBI or the Department of Justice itself. Think of the immense power that Andy McCabe wielded. And I want to share with you down below three articles by some of my favorite writers and thinkers. Andy, uh, Andy McCarthy was a former federal po prosecutor in the Southern District of New York. You might remember that he came to fame prosecuting the blind Sheikh, who was responsible for the 1993 bombing of the World Trade Center. So I'd like to go through his article with you discussing why Andy McCabe was not charged. Then also David Harsani, who wrote a really excellent book about the Second Amendment. We interviewed him on this podcast about a year ago on his book, and he wrote an excellent piece called The Roger Stone Double Standard. And then a little bit more of a fiery writer is Kurt Schlichter, who wrote a piece called 
burn down the DOJ and start over. So uh, I want to just share a little bit from each of these articles with you so that you can be more informed about what's going on. And I hope to bring you a little positive energy that in knowing what is going on, the American people can fight it instead of being ignorant of it. And then it all goes on behind the scenes and we're not able to try and thwart it at all. So I think, you know, it's important to be a happy warrior in these times. Uh, eternal vigilance is the price of liberty. And we can see that power corrupts. And in this case, certainly that was the attempt of the deep state and some of these swamp creatures to try and thwart the 2016 election results. So let's talk about Andy McCabe, who has gone from being at the very top of the FBI to now he's a CNN commentator. I think that speaks volumes that CNN would decide to give a position, a platform to someone who has admitted that he lied and uh, was using his power for his own gain. If we look at this article by Andy McCarthy, he asks, why was McCabe not charged? And Andy McCarthy points out that the inspector general's report showed that Andy McCabe repeatedly lied. And in FBI talk, a lack of candor. Uh, but Andy McCabe's argument against why he should he should be held accountable for those lies is because he lacked intent and part of his excuse for this is that he was at such a high level and he had so many responsibilities that he was distracted by these responsibilities i mean that doesn't get you off distracted driving charges if you mow someone over and that doesn't get you off if you are just a regular person and you're trying to say you didn't have the intent and how much higher should the standard be for someone like Andy McCabe, who has power over people's lives and property and the ability to target people and ruin their reputations. So if you want to talk about letting someone off because they are distracted by high level responsibilities, it's just the opposite. They should be held to a higher standard because the American people have given them this trust and this power in order to try and make the country safer and prosecute bad guys, but they can't use that distractibility or the fact that they have such an important position to let them off when they deliberately lie, when they deliberately turn the justice system against their political opponents. So that's the main issue that Andy McCarthy talks about, that Andy McCabe is trying to argue that he lacked intent in these lies and distortions to the investigators. Uh, Andy McCarthy also talks about how McCabe's argument is that he was wrongly fired he was targeted by the president. He can point to all the president's mean tweets against him, against Andy McCabe, and say that it's selective enforcement and that it's retaliatory for the uh, efforts that he made against President Trump. Well, that didn't go anywhere for General Flynn when McCabe was overseeing that investigation and that prosecution. He uh, definitely when you look at the inspector general report, he was doing these lies. He had this leak that he made that was trying to make the top 
area of the FBI look bad and trying to make himself look better. And he didn't leak, he didn't authorize this leak because it was in the interest of justice or in the interest of the American people or for any good motive. But he did this leak because he was trying to make himself look better to advance his position to look after his special interests. And when you can contrast that with General Flynn, who didn't even know he was being investigated, who was not put under oath, who the people, the FBI agents who spoke with General Flynn said that they did not think that General Flynn had any intention to deceive. It is a stark contrast between the treatment that people like McCabe in this situation have against people like General Flynn, but when it's flipped on themselves, they say that they're not responsible and they should not be held responsible. Uh, we also have Andy McCarthy's thesis that it will be very difficult for prosecutors to go forward prosecuting Andy McCabe because the witnesses are hostile. You look at Lisa Page when she was interviewed by the inspector general and in subsequent testimony that she gave, she basically was trying to cover up for McCabe. And so there's definitely a sense by Andy McCarthy, since he's a former federal prosecutor, that if you have hostile witnesses and you don't have people who are really uh, supporting your case against McCabe in this case, then you're going to have a very difficult time trying that to a jury and being successful at getting a conviction. Uh, also, we had the case we spoke last week about Jesse Liu, who was overseeing the McCabe investigation, and she was seen as having botched the investigation, and we saw many delays with the McCabe investigation, and President Trump ended up withdrawing her nomination for a number three spot at the Department of Treasury. So it's so fascinating when you start putting the pieces together of all these stories that we have the same players over and over and over again, and they expect a pass on their misbehavior and criminal behavior sometimes, even though they don't have the same respect for you or for me, because they are part of the power elite, the structure, which any country needs. We're not an anarchy, but we need people in those positions who are held responsible, because when you don't hold people like McCabe responsible, even if you can't get a conviction, if you don't try to afford justice to the people that were wronged in this situation, then you're communicating to all of the swamp creatures that they can disregard the law, that there are two systems of justice. There's one for the people who are in power in Washington, D.C., and there's one system of justice for the rest of us. And when you look also at Andy McCabe's connection to the Clintons, his wife was a political candidate and she received funding from friends of the Clinton family. And um, when they talk so often, liberals and leftists, about how President Trump is violating all the norms and he's not civil and he's lacking, you know, the, the Washington Post masked headline that says, tagline, that says democracy dies in darkness, they never apply that to themselves and their misdeeds. So I would commend to you very much this article by Andy McCarthy. And I think his best argument for why, or I guess best analysis, why Andy McCabe was not charged for lying, particularly under oath, 
is if you think about Washington, D.C., they went over 90 percent for Hillary Clinton. They had the same level of support, uh, roughly around the same level of support for President Barack Obama when he ran for office. This is the jury pool that any prosecution of Andy McCabe would have to pull from. So you have arguments that Andy McCabe had about lacking intent, the fact that this was a retaliatory prosecution if it went forward, the tweets that President Trump issued related to Andy McCabe, and you would end up with a jury that most of them are anti-Trump, and they would be very sympathetic to the argument that McCabe was being selectively or politically prosecuted. So that is not, uh, that's not really a legal analysis, but it's more of a practical analysis that if the jury is, the jury pool is already inclined to let McCabe off the hook, then it's less likely that the prosecutors are going to want to take that case forward and lose it because that would communicate that the prosecutors are incompetent, that they dragged somebody through this process who was innocent, and also they might be afraid that that would communicate something to the other swamp creatures that they can do this, they might get prosecuted, but they would get off the hook which is kind of interesting because there have been many suggestions to move government agencies out of Washington, D.C. So you didn't have this uh, group of people who control the rest of America all centralized in one place. And you think about that in relation to this case with the FBI, if you have a jury pool that's sympathetic to the power of the FBI being wielded against Republicans, against political opponents, then you're not going to have as many prosecutions. So is that a reason possibly that the FBI headquarters should be moved out of Washington, D.C.? Obviously, there are offices for the FBI all over the country, but should the locus of the headquarters and the power be in Washington, D.C.? I leave that to you to think about, and please comment about that down below. Uh, I also want to talk a little bit about this Roger Stone double standard. Um, I think it's kind of funny because David Harsanyi wrote this this article and he talks about how McCabe is now at CNN and David says McCabe went on CNN where he is now paid to lecture citizens about the decaying state of American democracy and yet he had the largest role in that of recent history. Um, it's fascinating too that as I said earlier Roger Stone was uh, not just investigated because he was obviously doing something wrong. He was targeted because he was affiliated with President Trump and his campaign. Same with Michael Flynn. And no one has been able to answer this question for me properly. Uh, if you end up thinking that you're working in the government and you're dealing with the FBI that's supposed to be giving you information and the CIA that's supposed to be giving you information so that you can do your foreign policy, you can interact with other countries, you can advance American interests, and every conversation you're having with them could potentially be used against you that could be you could be prosecuted about, that's just absurd and crazy. And no one has ever really given a, a good suggestion as to how that can be avoided. Um, I think it's also really important to think about uh, the issue that David Harsanyi raises that perhaps we wouldn't want to prosecute 
heads of the intelligence agencies. But you might remember that after the whole dust-up about enhanced interrogation that leftists and liberals like to call torture, uh, there was much talk on the left about prosecuting those who were in positions of power while the enhanced interrogation was going on. So there's yet another example of where the left, it's not about principles, it's about power. It's about punishing your political enemies. And then finally, I want to share this sort of tongue-in-cheek, I hope, article by Kurt Schlichter entitled, Burn Down the DOJ and Start Over. He says, the only way to save it is to level it and start over. And he talks about how you and I would not get a pass if we engaged in any of these activities. And he also points out how if you want to talk about violating norms and principles of fair play and justice, there's no better example than what happened to President Trump and his campaign and his early administration than the Mueller investigation. Uh, James Clapper, John Brennan, James Comey, Andy McCabe, Lisa Page, Peter Strzok, and the efforts that they put into trying to tear down this presidency. Uh, as Kurt, I'll quote him, he says, they have failed to meet the minimum standards for integrity. He suggests that you owe them nothing, not obedience, not respect, not assistance, don't give them any. And he makes the, he's, he's a lawyer too, so he makes the argument that if anyone comes to talk to you from the government, essentially, that you should immediately say, I invoke my right to remain silent. Please stop asking me questions. I want my lawyer. And I would say to him that the problem is, if you're working in the government for a Republican administration, you can't do that. You have to talk to these people. You have to talk to the FBI. You have to talk to the CIA. You have to talk to people on the other side. So if we can't fix this system, then you're going to have a situation where Republican presidents and Republican administrations are hampered, and the Democrats, who flaunt all the rules, and we saw this over and over again with Eric Holder targeting reporters. We saw it with the IRS targeting nonprofits that were legally trying to be engaged in uh, spreading information for the political campaign. We see the Democrats, when they're in office, violate the norms and justice over and over and over again. But for some reason, it seems like only the Republicans are held to account. Uh, Kurt makes the point that the president should pardon Roger Stone, should pardon General Flynn, and should commute Paul Manafort's sentence to time served. I think those are excellent suggestions. It can't undo the wrong that was done to these men, and it can't restore them to the same position they were ahead of time, but at least it's a step in the right direction, and you see a lot of support from patriotic Americans across the country asking President Trump to do this. We saw recently that he pardoned Illinois, former Illinois Governor Blagojevich. We saw him pardon some other people. And certainly people who have become the target of investigations simply for the fact of helping a Republican try to be elected, they should be entitled to the same respect and the same uh, benefit from President Trump as well. So. We're going to continue covering this story for you. We still have Bill Barr in, uh, overseeing some investigations related to this. We have John Dunham, Durham, I'm sorry, John Durham, who's continuing these investigations as well. 
I think a lot of Americans are not holding out hope that there will be responsibility paid by the people who tried to undermine a democratic election in 2016. But I am a happy warrior and I feel like it's better to have all this stuff out in the open than it is to have it going on behind the scenes. And if nothing else, it informs you in your vote in the presidential election of 2020 of who's on your side and who's just trying to consolidate power and work it against you. If you would like what you're seeing on these episodes, please feel free to subscribe to Write in DC, The Gail Trotter Show, and we love comments, so please make sure to give your feedback in the comments below. This is Gail Trotter, Write in DC. Thanks for listening to The Gail Trotter Show, Write in DC. Be sure to sign up for her mailing list on her website, gailtrotter.com, and also follow her on Twitter, at Gail Trotter, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe now, it's easy, and listen to her show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and other podcast platforms. Thanks for listening. Share the truth. Share The Gail Trotter Show. You can't handle the truth.